1: what else you want to do? You want to just talk about religion too, man? Goddamn! Yes, 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 yes absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, here we are once again with another episode of Straight No Chaser, the podcast. Uh, please like, share, subscribe. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, any place that you find podcasts. We out there somewhere. Um, I'm John Silver Spring. Ready to just kind of get into a few different things and we were just talking about this drinking some healthy h2o with a little lemon spritz in it because that's what i'm about but yeah man y'all got to introduce yourself go ahead uh ra what, what's the problem with my water what you trying to say
0: need nothing wrong with your water i need more water my damn self but Thank right now God. i'm drinking bourbon Rashim, southeast dc uh passing back to ox <laughs>
2: Welcome back, family. What's going on? Neil, VA, we
3: out here. Let's get it. What's the deal, KG? Texas, sipping on some McCallum 15. What's happening? I got
1: to start it out with. I've got to bring it back to the intros real quick. Why? you're claiming Southeast D.C. Now, you haven't been in New York for a very long time, and you do live somewhere in Southeast D.C., but, I mean, can you really claim Southeast? You know what I'm saying? When I think I'm, of Southeast, I don't really think of Rasheen.
0: I'm not claiming it as as, as That's as just where you at. That's where I'm living. But as 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 the God MC said, Rakim said, "It ain't where you're from; it's where you're at." So this is where I'm at.
1: Right. So, I hear that.
3: There you go. Okay. Well, you know, makes sense to me. I anyway, do. I have a question. I don't know if you want. did you want John Cook on there? I'm just asking. God damn it, I do this every week. (laughs) I need to change this.
0: I mean, we can still keep it in the thing.
3: We should keep it in the thing, but I think it's funny. There you go. I do
1: it every week. Anyway, yeah, we're moving on with that one. But um, I mean, at this point, everybody already knows what my name is. I'd imagine I keep saying my name is John. But um, so here we are once again talking about different things and all that. And I guess where we should start this week. It's almost Juneteenth. I am very yeah, curious. Question.
3: Okay. I'm sorry. This occurred. Right. No, 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 Here, Somebody got to do it. Go for it. What do y'all like? How do you celebrate Juneteenth? Has anybody ever celebrated this Juneteenth? Is a good before? question. Like, what is the celebration like? You know yes. what I mean? Like, in, you know, for the, uh, you know, for the American Day of Thanksgiving show, what you want to call it people, you know, cook out. For Christmas, people cook out. For New Year's, people go out and party. For Fourth of July, people do fireworks and stuff. How do you celebrate Juneteenth? Now, there's actually a website, juneteenth.com, you know. But has anybody you know ever celebrated Juneteenth, like had a celebration for
1: Juneteenth? I was gonna say yes, absolutely. I know in now, Texas. from Texas. In Texas. So this is literally, like, Galveston, where it all started, is kind of Houston's beach. So, we've known about Juneteenth, and yes, there's been, you know, parades, and uh, you barbecue. You get together with your family, you play cards. That's what you do. You know what I'm saying? Um, It was never a huge, big production. Like, there wasn't no Juneteenth celebration across the whole city or nothing like that. It was just Juneteenth. That's what it is. And white people didn't really know about it. Mexicans damn sure didn't know about it. And... To see how far everything has come today in 2020, to me is amazing. So, yeah, that's basically what you do: you barbecue, you get together with your family, you find some white people, you punch them in the face, and that's it. Got you. So Juneteenth is like the Black person's Fourth of July. It is the real American Independence Day. That's mm. so funny that we bring. See, that's why I wanted to bring all this up. Like, when was the first time y'all heard
0: about Juneteenth? I was in college. Yeah, I was an undergrad. Yeah,
3: Yeah. same thing
0: and for me, in terms of in terms of like timing, you know, um, we t- I'm talking about maybe 1994, 95. And, and then it was just it was just a few people in, in, in the black alliance at the school that was making reference to it. It was no widespread appeal for Juneteenth back then at all.
3: Mm-mm. So for the record, I don't think we should punch anybody in the mouth at all so for the, for the record but I, I i only heard about it at, at howard in 97 when i got there and uh i was like what are you talking about i mean just that didn't that didn't that didn't reach gary he's not i never heard about it and i got my family's from louisiana i got family down south but it, it never it never came up
1: mm. yeah i ain't heard about it till college myself so i mean that's that's very interesting to me because it's like it's one of the few holidays I think that really organically came from the people, you know what I'm saying, like everything else, whether it be Christmas or Thanksgiving or Fourth of July or whatever. um, Normally the impetus for it is the government or some kind of company or something. Uh, Very rarely is a holiday kind of
0: something started from the people. I don't know, man. You got. I, I need you to fact check that. I I really wouldn't say that that the majority of our holidays um, came from government or corporate or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think a, I think a lot of them did mm-hmm. start out of out of cultural celebration. M L K. And, and then and then became co opted by the government. Um, but I think a lot. Of, I mean, and that's why I think it's important that 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 there is this groundswell of support for Juneteenth now. Because now we're getting closer and closer and closer to to individual states. My fault. Individual companies recognizing it as a holiday and giving paid vacation time. And then now we're finding states are doing it. Like Virginia just did it, where you're recognizing Juneteenth as a holiday. And then New York quite, did too. You said who? Then New York did too. Okay, and and, and quite honestly. Um, I mean, that's just a natural progression of things. I mean, we weren't gonna wake up five years ago or 10 years ago and like, boom, Juneteenth is celebrated by everybody. It, it Why t- not? Because that doesn't make no damn sense. Like, like no one's a magician. No one no one has a, a Harry Potter wand. Like, it's happening real quick right now though. It's happening. That's right, we're in the process and it has not happened yet. Like we're only talking about a handful of companies in two or three states. So it's not like it's mass. It's not like it's all over the country but it's not like it can't get there and we're just in the process of it happening and it's going to take you know it'll take a little time question do we care that that's
3: the do we care that that's a part of the what they're relinquishing right so we didn't ask for juneteenth to become a national holiday that's not what anybody asked for so my question is are you happy is this more of a pacification maneuver or is this part of the action that we think is necessary for
0: equality no you didn't ask for it to become a holiday there are other people out there who have campaigned and lobbied and, 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 and uh, black folk who are pushing it for it to become a, ho- a holiday now just because in, we didn't do it don't mean it hasn't been done in mass all right mr technical I'm In mass, same. you would
3: you had never heard of any, have you heard of any coalition? Can you name the like, NAACP saying, you know what? We need to do a Juneteenth national holiday. No. Have you heard of any national coalition saying pushing for Juneteenth to be a national holiday?
0: No. Okay, so let's, let's, let's not be semantics. My question is it's not semantics. I'm saying there are people out there who are not a part of organizations there are people that went over to the government too, but I won't say that's that's the, the general thought process. I didn't say it was general generalized.
1: I just wanted, I wanted to, be to sure. say it's definitely some pacification nonsense. All these statements and symbols and all this other good stuff, playing back into what we were saying last week. Um, all of this, in my opinion, is about reparations. And they're like, "Yo, we elected a black president. Um, you know, we have given y'all Juneteenth. Um, ben and Jerry's made a statement." All this other good stuff, all of that, to me, is placating symbolism, and it is absolutely not remotely enough. Um, I'm very amused that suddenly everybody is on the Juneteenth bandwagon, when the vast majority of people didn't even know what the hell Juneteenth was as of uh, a month ago. And now, all of a sudden, it's like, we got to make Juneteenth a national holiday, which is great. By all means, let's do that. But that is not necessarily what we are remotely asking for.
0: But I... I-
2: so then how do you feel about, oh my bad. Go ahead now. Nah, so, so then how do you feel? I mean, I'm like kind of on the fence. Like part of me feels like it's a pacification. Yeah, let's give you a little bit of something so you can shut the fuck up. But then again, part of mm-hmm. me is like, yo, this is actually making steps. Like the Netflix donation, the Pepsi Cola donation, the philanthropist that paid for like 200 youngers at Morehouse to have their debt paid off free like a couple of years ago, that wasn't popping off. So I'm still kind of like on the fence. You know what I mean? Because on one end, like Raj saying, it's, complete, like, it's a step, it's a step in the right process. We didn't have this five, 10 years ago. So now that all this attention has been brought to the forefront and it's causing people to hopefully think and open their minds up, yo, let's embrace it. But then again, part of me is like, all right, what's the con? How long is this going to last? What's your real angle, or like John was saying back in the days? I mean, uh, two episodes ago, maybe an episode ago. How many of these corporations really have black CEOs and people sitting on a board, and that's the real change? So if you're just giving me a little
0: something to have me shut up for a little bit, that's where I'm like, eh, how genuine are you in your in your actions? See, but that's my then my problem is with us. Then if they gonna give if they gonna give us Juneteenth as a as an official holiday, and then we go and shut up. That's on us. I don't understand why we can't take what they give us, and still push them to give more. Like for me, it's not a it's not a zero sum game. Like we gotta have, or, or or better yet, we're looking at it like a zero sum game. If you don't give us this, then we 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 lose. Yeah, there are a whole bunch of different little things we can get in the process, but we have to hold them accountable to different things. So I'm like, fine. You want to give us money, we'll take the money. You want to recognize Juneteenth, we'll take Juneteenth had a meet uh, a meeting earlier today at at work we were talking about these you know these issues and one of the one of the little white girls said something very interesting she called it a great awakening because for them a lot of them was just finally seeing shit i'll take it fine but then i also said we can have these conversations but if we're not moving towards progressive steps and change then i don't i don't want to have a conversation i got another question for you then I'm just saying, take it, but still hold them accountable to give you what you really want. Because all of this—we have a good track record with that. Hold on a No, 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 no. We cannot have it both ways. We can't cry that they're not doing shit for us, and then when they start doing stuff, no, no, people are people are people are bitching and moaning. People we are said not nothing, John. I disagree with that. No, it's no, not. It's you not. Can't, you can't disagree. have it both ways. Either we're gonna take what they give and push to give more, or we're gonna shut up. First of all, John, in order for
3: a company to have a recognized holiday, mm-hmm. they're giving, like, that's a financial investment in, in, at the end of the day. And it gives people the time, the the, the, the freedom to go spend their money and invest in other things, whether it be a, another black business, um, anything outside of doing the work of the work that they get paid for on a regular basis on a full-time basis. So, the the freedom to just take your money and do whatever you want i mean that's a significant investment that a, a, any organization is doing from a financial standpoint so i i my personal opinion is i think it's definitely tough to placate um but i agree with rye like it's keep it coming you know this oh. is this, this if, if you want to sweep the deal up a little bit we'll take that you know what else you got you,
0: you know lost. And my stance is only the placatable will be placated. Y'all, if if you're placated, then you are placatable.
1: There are plenty of, see what I think, what am I trying to say? So basically our history is we're not very good at keeping people accountable, all right? There is plenty of people who will hear um, that we've elected a black president and it was like, cool, I'm good. Good job, white people. That did not do much for us. It didn't. Um, There's plenty of people that were here. You know, we've given y'all a day off for Juneteenth, and they'll be like, "Good stuff. I'm good now." No, no, no. It is symbolic.
3: It is great. That's what they want. I said those things have nothing to do with police reform. I'm not. I don't. I'm
1: not. I don't give a damn about police reform. This is about reparations. Reparations is above police reform. I don't, um, the the sudden fever for defunding the police, um, abolishing the police, you know, all this other kind of stuff that is great. I think it sounds good in theory. I wanna see the uh, formulation and the legislation and all that other good stuff, but I am much more inclined to be worried about reparations. I am not impressed with $40 million given to Morehouse. Morehouse don't need $40 million. Fairview A&M needs $40 million. You know what I'm saying? The Alabama AMs of the world need $40 million. Morehouse got money. Morehouse, Spellman, Howard, we the ones that's always getting the money.
0: They really don't have that much money.
1: Howard doesn't either. 40, I mean, everybody could use 40000000 million, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying that $40 million would go and be in a, an enormous an investment in a Texas Southern, for example, in a, you know, Grambling or Fisk or something like that. All that to say, That's not, and even that is not enough. It's it's just simply not enough. And there's far too many people that are complacent and easily uh, mollified, for lack of a better word. But then, Uh, John, ain't ain't we see that in the lack of a...
2: Ain't nothing really going to ever really be enough. Think about it. What would really be enough? What would symbolize, like you said, good job. I'm good right there. There really
1: ain't nothing. Education. Education and entrepreneurship.
0: And I tell you, when you say like the, the money given to schools, they got to make a calculated risk when they give out that type of money to a school and they want to ensure because they're still businesses. So they want to make sure that it is a good investment. And the, the, the way you determine whether or not a school is a good investment is by their, their, their graduation rate. You okay. got to look at their graduation rate. So when you look at a Prairie View A&M and their current four-year graduation rate is 13.0%. Ain't no one giving millions of dollars to a school that's gonna only graduate in 13% of their students in four years. It's just not gonna happen.
1: How many school, okay, so how many <laughs> schools up. are actually graduating in four years? In four years. Now there's standard graduation
0: The standard graduation um metric that, that's used nationally is six years. If for okay. Prairie okay. View U- AM, their six year graduation rate is thirty-four percent. Okay. For 34%, a third but, of the students. A third. But when you compare that to a, a spellman that's Which graduating is, over 70% um, of their students. In okay. Where are you going to give your money? See, the, uh, where I would give my money personally,
1: I would, again, give it to the Prairie View because Spellman has the money. They've got the good endowment. They've got the national reputation, hell, international reputation. For me personally, I would rather see that money go to a lesser known or a lesser established historically black college your central states your uh Cheneys,
3: we're not going to talk you know, about central all states. The like schools.
0: Schools. We're not going to talk you
3: about know, Do you know did you know anything about these schools outside of their names Of course I do what is you talking about You clearly don't well, you don't What is you talking about what do you mean <laughs> what don't I know about them I mean why why what, what What's if you had to do a pitch yes you get to pitch these schools and say um, all right i got the money and i want to i want to donate
1: right i got 40 million dollars why should i give it to prairie view a m for example yeah tell me why because that's your alma mater no it's not um i did go to prairie view i know plenty of people that did go to prairie view prairie view has an excellent um uh what is it pharmacy program prairie view has an excellent engineering program prairie view has one of the few historically black ro- rodeo teams Prairie View is uh, one of, it's like the historically black college for East Texas. So, I mean, Texas Southern is the one that's in the middle of Houston, but everybody goes to Prairie View or TSU. Absolutely. I think they deserve that money and
0: should get that money. 13%. Now, here's this. I I don't mind them getting that money. I don't mind giving them money if if I'm working with them to ensure that they have proactive plans. To in, 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 increase their graduation rate, I'm not going to give it to a school that's going to continue to do what it's been doing, and only graduating 13% of their students. Now, wait a if minute. If wait if a minute. I've together, got a question. If we work together and we say, "All right, I got this money. We're going to rep. We're going we to rep you. We're going to give it to you, but we need a plan mm-hmm. how you improve in that graduation rate."
1: But see, here's the thing. I think we got to take it even further back and get them before school because the problem with schools like Prairie View, Texas Southern, and all these other places, they're kind of like the 13th grade for Houston ISD, for example. So if you couldn't go to the University of Houston or Texas A&M or UT, you could go to PV. And that's why people that are making, you know, 2.5 as their GPA coming up through a terrible school in Houston Independent School District, they still want to go to college. They still want to get an education. They go to Prairie View. They don't go to the University of Houston or St. Thomas or Rice or something like that. They're, those kids still deserve a good education. It takes some people a while to kind of get it together and figure out, okay, I want to, you know, do whatever it is I'm going to do. And they, when they get there, the fact that 30% of them actually graduate in six years, quite honestly, is to me kind of amazing because there is zero going on at Prairie View. I mean, nothing. So I'm surprised. I'm, I bet the pregnancy rate is about 70% because there's nothing happening at Prairie View a but alcohol and unprotected sex. Well, that's, all, no. that's why we would not get no money then. That's, that's, because that's, that's why they need the money. They
0: need more programs. They need better teachers, yeah, but they, they need they, better facilities. Yeah, but you got to put that stuff, I need to see that in pa- on paper. I can't wish that you're going to have a program. Like, put it together, cost it out, and, and let's see the, the, the wraparound services that you, you're gonna provide to your students who are in need, who come from um, poor uh, uh, academic uh, um, uh, environments. Let's see the program, not give you money to do what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you reimagine this?
1: Okay, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. They're By all means, there definitely should be.
0: A lot of our put it to you like this. Who
1: would, do, who would do a greater, what, what, what would be a greater good? to see 200 graduates of a Morehouse or a Spelman graduate with no loans. If you go to Morehouse Spelman, chances are that you have been excelling in high school. Chances are that you are an exemplary student. You might even be a student athlete kind of person. In other words, you're going to be going to school and you're What's going to have a better foundation. At the, come on, come on now. Let's be real. Okay, Ross, since you're the higher ed, like guru, what would you say is that average incoming SAT score of your accepted Morehouse or Spelman freshman, as opposed to the accepted uh, freshman at Prairie View A&M, for example? Okay, give me a second. I'll tell you that right now. we are we talking about that while Ron's trying to find that?
0: Average, the average SAT for Prairie View, let's say, uh, verbal is 420 and math is 425, okay? Hey. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Wait a minute. Time out, time out. Time out. You said the average verbal for the accepted freshman at Prairie View is 425, 420, and and a 420. So yeah. a combined like
0: 850, uh, 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 whatever that is, yeah, something yeah, like eight, that. 845, 845. Okay. Um. Spellman is 545. Mm. 530.
1: So wait a minute. Have they changed the scores of the SAT? Because a good score used to be like fourteen hundred or something.
0: Listen, man, it, it's still a good score. But you got to understand, a lot of our kids are coming from a lot of a lot of kids who go to HBCUs. The majority of them are coming from urban environments. They're coming from cities like New York. Um, they're coming from Chicago. They're coming from LA. They're coming from Houston. They're coming from Atlanta. In mm-hmm. in, LA, in the schools in the hood, these they're coming from public. A lot of them are coming from public schools in the hood. Have not really done the best to prepare us, so it's not mm-hmm. like that's why. That's, that's why the, HBC, the money should go. That's why the HBCU game is a is a little bit interesting because, like, a lot of us won't get accepted to other schools, but we'll get accepted to certain HBCUs. Some HBCUs will will accept you without even like you could have sight unseen, right? You know, because they need they got to keep their doors open, and when you're coming from low income environments, that means you're also bringing almost full financial aid packages mm-hmm. so they get they get find the federal funding they get the federal money
2: mm-hmm.
0: and what they do is they take high percentage of kids from low-income Always. communities who don't have the money they get the federal money but then they don't graduate them but that's okay because we got more coming in from the hood it's 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 it's, so it's a lot of there's a lot of planning that has to go into it and the problem is with a lot of our schools no one they don't they don't want to feel like someone has to tell them how to do their job, but well, we know what we're doing. We know how to do this. It's too prideful, but well, we got a history. This, this, this is the Howard way. You know what I'm saying? We got a history. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Watch it. I'm just saying as an example, because everyone has it. That's not the way we right. do it at Morehouse. That's not the way we do it at, at Grambling. It's not the way we do it at Southern. Like we all HBCUs have that same culture. So they won't let no one come in from that outside to be like, we need to radically change the way you are educating your kids. Cause they can come from the hood. They can come from a poor background. They can come from poor academic experience and still excel. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's why I get frustrated.
1: I agree with all of the above. And again, just to bring this all full circle, this is why I'm such a proponent of reparations in the formulation that we think it should happen in, because that will funnel the undergraduate and the professional people back into those hoods who can then help the, uh, school district. That's your
3: question real quick before we move on. Why do you, if they want to put their money in, do you want people to tell you how to spend your money? No. All right, so they can they can if they want to go to Howard, they want to go to Spelman, Morehouse.
1: If you wanted to wipe your ass with your money and set it on fire, that's your business.
3: All right, if they want to donate their money to Spelman and Morehouse, then that's their fucking business.
1: Agreed, it's their money. Uh, agreed. You can give it to Harvard. You can give it to Yale. You can give it to Howard, Morehouse, wherever you wanted to give it to. My point is that those schools, normally, in my opinion, have a better foundation um attract a different kind of student and the money would go farther at a prairie view for
3: example like Nellie's right now by all means when really you see your face huh your wi-fi must be like Nellie's. you kind of going in and out
0: <laughs> i feel like i'm fine hey, can not, y'all see me yeah we can see you it's just you got to be closer to your your router because yeah you freeze every now and then cuz <laughs> Nelly. so i got a question for you so do you believe are you talking about the government paying re- reparations john i'm talking about taxpayers and therefore the government yeah all right government so that means you are comfortable with black people paying for re- reparations to black people yes yes so i gotta pay for my own reparations in fact you ain't getting none why well, wouldn't i would not get any Am I not because a you are player? the
1: generation that's going to actually make it happen, so that your children can get it. Wait, what? you don't get it. <laughs> you will get no reparations. What? You're not getting a check. You're not getting no tax free nothing. None of that you will enable your children who are going to school to get a free education. And the graduates from that program will then be required to go live or work or volunteer in a maturity black zip code for X amount of years. And that is how the cycle will continue. So your model
0: requires, you gotta go sacrifice. to- Sacrifice? No, no, you gotta go to school in order to benefit from it.
1: School or trade school, yes. School.
0: So if you decide that you don't want to go to school or a trade school and you want to become an entrepreneur without that other formal training, then you don't benefit from reparation. Correct. What exactly,
1: uh, what kind of entrepreneurship that you need to go to that doesn't require a license, that doesn't require any kind of training. A license,
3: two different things. I want a
0: record Uh label. A record label, you're going to start a record label? Great, by all means, go for it. I don't need school, I could do that on YouTube. You sure could. So reparations is only for people who want to get education. Go Correct. Right. Education and entrepreneurship. That is the way out. Then but that ain't that ain't reparations man. That is reparations. That's reparations. Su- that's subsidizing Children, please education. look up
1: reparations for us.
0: That that's subsidizing education. That's all that
1: is. I'm not subsidizing education and entrepreneurship. But I want Don't to be an entrepreneur without going to school. How you By all doing, means Bill? go for it.
2: Okay. How you doing, Neil? I'm enjoying this conversation
1: about reparations with John. Now, <laughs> just me saying it just is what it is. Yeah. Y'all get, we get nothing. We get nothing but the glory and honor of making it happen. We will be I got the generation that actually put it together for everybody else.
3: I have a question, a legit question. So one of my business partners is um, not from this country, black woman, but not from this country. She came here when she's a little older like 18 or so and she when all this was kind of you know coming to fruition or coming out she was sharing that you know she didn't really understand like racism because she didn't experience that growing up where she came from it was more like a class system so if you had money um, then you could kind of elevate yourself and that would be okay so her understanding of like racism was very like vague and so my question is, and I've talked to other people from different countries who said the same thing, like they have like micro experience like this, but nothing where it's like the black American experience. So my question is, are we just super uh, hypersensitive? Are we looking for things? Or is it is it as, is it as bad as we say it is? And it you know, like I think it is, but I'm also challenging my thinking because black women, black people from different countries they say different things so i'm just asking the question cuz i'm just i want to continue to challenge my own self to see you know am i looking for something that's not there
2: that's I got you. One. no i'm I, I was actually embracing the question and that's actually a valid question but i guess it's like and it sounds crazy almost to say it but if there's a black person woman whoever that's never really faced racism or really faced detention like what's going on right now and they and they don't have a valid opinion of it who are we to condemn it if like if you've never faced it you've never experienced it you've never for whatever reason never you know felt the wrath of it like this before let's say you've gone to school with white people before let's say you know let's say you've never been called the n-word before Let's say you feel all your neighbors are cordial and nice to you, based on whatever country you are in. Are, who are we to condemn that person and say, "Yo, you need to stand up for us, you need to make a stand, you need to say some shit, mm-hmm. if they never experienced it. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm really thinking about the question you posed because it correlates with my daughters. They were at work one day and there was a young black girl and you know, my daughter's very proactive. And how do you feel about this person and that person and George Floyd and this, that, and the third? And my daughter said, Dad, the young lady was like, I don't even know who those people are. Like, the only name that was familiar to her was George Floyd and Ahmaud Marbury. Everybody else, Mike Brown, everybody. She was like, I don't know who that is. My family tells me just to stay away from the, the chaos and just focus on me. What do, we, what, what do we say to a young girl like that? Ooh. Do you condemn her? and say, you ain't shit, we're we going to revoke your black card? I mean, you nodding your head, John,
1: you will to revoke her black card? It, this is going to be kind of controversial, and I don't know the best way to say this other than to say um, everybody that is of African descent is not black. Uh, they may be African-American, but they are not black with a capital B. Um, meaning that there is definitely a difference in the cultures. Um, you meet people from different African cultures or different West Indian cultures. The very first thing they they gonna tell you after their name is that I'm from Jamaica, I'm from Nigeria, I'm from Kenya, or wherever the hell they're from. And that background and that upbringing is different. It just simply is. We can be uh, separate like the fingers on the hand and all that. But the bottom line is that black people are a different culture than everybody else. It's a very, very unique culture. So no, they do not understand many different things and they are not like us. So yeah, I absolutely do. I mean, is that does that person exist? Of course they do. Uh, plenty of black people or uh, people of African descent don't give a damn about what's going on right now. They're not going out, they're not doing none of this, marching and whatnot like that, they don't care. Like you said, they're focusing on themselves. They can do that because their culture is intact
3: and is based in a whole other country. That's not the question. The question is, because she came to this country as as an older person, like 18 years old,
1: didn't
3: experience racism or classism, when she got here, it was kind of work, school, and you in it. She Mm -hmm. doesn't, not that she dismisses the fact that racism exists. But the things that would probably tick me off, like they don't really impact her in the same way. So, my question mm-hmm. is Are we hypersensitive? No. We heard
0: things. No. We're not. We're not hypersensitive because, one, she's young and she don't know shit. I'm sorry. This like lady's grown. Oh, you talk. I thought you said, oh, uh, when she came over, she was 18. Correct. So, here's the thing she's a grown woman. She came over at 18. She ain't no shit then, but now she's grown up in an American system and she. She may think we are overreacting to certain things. And it, 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 it's almost like when people from other countries says, there is no racism. All you have to do is just work hard to get ahead. And for me, that, that comes from a different cultural experience. Um, when, when you were over, when our family over in the islands, over on the continent, everybody experienced slavery everyone experienced colonialism. And that was a, that was the same across the board at the end of slavery in the islands and over on the continent for the, for the most part, when the, when the colonizer left, they left their imprint, but the people left behind were still able to work the land and get the benefit of growing something, creating something, selling something, you work hard and you get the benefit from that work. The class system, yeah. No, not class system, just simply it's it's a work ethic. You got to work, you work for what you got. But when slavery ended here, we had 300 and almost 40 years of slavery here. Slavery's over, did we get land to work? Were we able to create baskets to sell? Were we able to do any of that stuff? No, we went straight into the sharecropping. We went straight into being a slave again, but now not really a slave. So now the work ethic is different. I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, but I never see the benefit of it. Someone else gets to take that money, and they get to hang me. And then they get to segregate me. And then we get Jim Crow. You know what I'm saying? So those are two different cultural experiences. Their cultural experience said, all right, slavery ended, colonization ended. Now you work hard, you become successful. Over here, our cultural experience is you don't work hard. We didn't get to work hard and be successful until 1970. I get that again. My question is, no, no. So, and, so the an answer. No, that doesn't make us hypersensitive. Right. We had a different experience. So what I would say to her is learn the history, understand it in context. It is different than yours. And at that point, if you don't understand it, just shut up. But, but again, if, if they are
3: interact, like if a person, it doesn't matter who, who you are, is what you look like. People, they, they, they perceive everything up for how you look. If you see her, it's a black woman. You see somebody from a, it's a black man. It's, it's, it's indistinguishable that this person is of a different country. You just look like you black. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if she looks like she's black, which she is, however, she's not reacting to the same events in the way that I would, or a lot of other black women may, is it
0: is it really a big deal? Or is she just she not she not triggered in the same way because she has not seen this over and over again? There you go. Once again, it's the cultural experience. Our cultural experience, like when we're talking about cops being, you know, killing black men, like the first time I had to engage in that was in 1986. Your know, friend of mine was shot in, Nathaniel Gaines shot in the back by NYPD transit officer, running away. So if I'm getting that from 86, from him to Abna Louima to Sean Bell, if I'm getting that all the way up to 2020 and I'm conscious of that experience. Absolutely. No, I'm not overreacting. Now that's nothing that you had the experience. You know what I'm saying? So no, it's not an overreaction. I just say, you don't understand it. Just like I wouldn't understand certain things that might happen over on the continent or over on the island because I don't have the culture experience. It's different. And you, we just... Similar to what John said. I that's what I said. Just, like I said, similar to what John said, like different fingers on the same hand. That's all. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, that's kind of what it is. I find that uh, the majority of people that are of a different background culturally um, kind of put on being black like a coat when they step out their house and they're black as hell. And when they're out in the streets and then before they walk back in the house, they take it back off. And then they are the culture of their family whatever it might be, when they are amongst themselves. So when you get called the N word or whatever out in these streets, but you go home and your culture is totally different and you uh, you speak your language, you're eating the food, you're doing all the things that your parents and your family and everything really are instilling in you, you can kind of be like, eh, that's not really, I can kind of shrug that off. We can't do that. There's nowhere for us to go but here, so that's why. It is definitely not something that you're overreacting to. It's just something that they don't understand, and that is what it is. Mm. That said, since we're talking about people of different cultures and things of that nature, um, I, before we go too far, I did want to say I don't know if y'all read about this, about the young woman, uh, Olo Watun Olo Watoyan. Olo Watoyan, there you go. Olo Watoyan who was a Black um, Lives Matter protester in Tallahassee that was unfortunately kidnapped and molested and found dead uh, after a protest in Tallahassee? Terrible Murder. situation, murdered uh, by a black dude. Uh, well, that's who has been arrested for whatever yeah. happened. From what I understand, um, from
0: what I understand, he had two bodies in his house, her uh, hers and an older woman, right.
1: He, I mean he's a sick sick individual
0: all that to say that he's a bastard
1: he's a he's a fucking clown he's a he's a he's a degenerate if he did this 100 percent but I mean I guess what I'm trying to ask is there's been a whole lot of you know black women feel very unprotected on the internet the past few weeks or the past few years and this is just another situation where it, they feel like you know they're on the front lines for black men but black men do not have that same energy do y'all feel like that's fairly an accurate statement do they have a leg to stand on with this stink it's i'll tr- drop on this one
3: first go ahead Neil. my bad
2: no no i got you it, it, it's tricky because i learned about that when i was in st john's in new york me and my homeboy we were coming from uh football practice and so we see this dude pretty much beating down his girlfriend you know and pretty much That's no excuse for that. So we go over there, intervene, pretty much had to put pause on the dude. But then when the cops came over, the first thing she told the cops was that we jumped her boyfriend. You know what I'm saying? So it was almost like if it wasn't for the people around that said, nah, this X, Y, and Z was happening and they helped, it'd have been a whole different situation. But then dealing with relationships and understanding the psyche of things, somebody told me they were like, look, what you did, yes, was very chivalrous and very noble, but at the same token, that's an abusive relationship that she's in. So now if she goes ahead and presses charges against this boy or man or whatever, degenerate, whatever you want to call him, and he gets out later on because they're not going to keep him, they're she he's going to whoop her ass. You're going to be long gone. So sometimes it's almost like I think there are some males who do want to intervene, but well, I intervene all the time. I that, That's just me. If I see it, I gotta intervene. But the bigger picture is like, okay, you may intervene to save her for the moment, but when that boyfriend, that husband or whatever gets out of jail or is released, oh, it's part two, and then where will you be? So that's why some people have that standoffish, like, I don't know, it, it, it's funny to me. I, me personally, I don't think any dude should ever stand by and see a woman getting, beat, slap, whatever. But you got to think about the many angles of that joint. Like, is she really going to stay away? What's going to happen when you leave and you're not in that scenario no more? And then what?
3: Man, that sounds ridiculous. Um, Check this out. I feel you, but I'll preface my comment by saying this. My mama told me when I was growing up, don't ever hit a woman, period. However, if she managed to put her hands on you, and she met enough to get whatever your reaction is. That's what she, that's what my mama taught me. It's like, you you shouldn't hit her. She shouldn't hit you. It shouldn't be no hits exchange whatsoever. That's why you got a mouth and words and intelligence talking out. There's no reason to ever put your hands on anybody. That being said, if, if one of y'all around me and put your hands on a woman and I don't feel as righteous, or I don't like to do anything to y'all first, it's going to be a problem. It's just, it's just that simple. Just I would expect y'all to do the same thing to me. Like, we we check each other when we do wrong stuff. it would be like, "Hey, you you was out of line. You did too much." Now, obviously, we've all seen different things happen, and everything that we've all seen, from my standpoint, is justified in every single way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. I'll be just justified to my in my opinion. You know, like so, we live in our house and somebody is throwing all kind of shade, you need to get the fuck out the house. You can't be in our house and disrespect one of these dudes like this. Like, I I can't stand for that. No different than if, if, if somebody was in our house and slapping you and kicking you and all this kind of stuff. You got to go. You can't, I'm not going to stand for that either. When I was in college, one of my roommates, not one of y'all, he got into an altercation with his girlfriend. I was in the room with the other one of my roommates. And, um... We went to go fight him. Like, you can't be doing that shit around me. I just, I can't stand for that, man. I, I, I've been seeing videos of some dude that hit a woman in the face with a skateboard. Like, are you kidding me? I would. Check this out. I'm uh, getting, I'm getting, I'm getting getting emotional because I I just can't. I don't understand why a man would do that to somebody that he know he can beat. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't any of my female friends my women friends around me i hopefully they feel safe enough to that, that nothing will happen if i'm around like if somebody if somebody's around me and they are uncomfortable, like I, chill out you know what i mean like i, I let you, if be hanging out before we all got married and situated if it was some females around who wanted to, y'all want to kick it with hey they grown they can say what they want to say if they were like hey i'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable hey everybody got to chill out it's, it's, it's a wrap let's go But more often than not, they feel like they can't
1: say that. You said what? They feel like they can't say that. They can't say that they are uncomfortable. I mean, I feel like we are maybe talking about kind of the same aspect of things, but different. I feel like the vast majority, and I'm speaking for women here because ain't no women on this damn call, but they feel like they are not supported by men as much as they support men and you're saying both of y'all are like yo if i ever see a woman disrespected i'ma step in i can't deal with that etc., etc. and that's great but i dare it's say it's not that even that i think i think
3: that. it's it's not even that man i've had this discussion because to your point it has been a hot ride like i i was kind of shocked at the things that i saw women that i know that was posted I was like man you really feel like this like that's 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 hurtful that you you feel unprotected you feel that vulnerable in the world mm-hmm. and I was like man I think back I had a woman barber growing up I wanted I thought she' would maybe make sure I wasn't jacked up dude was a little dude's jealous I thought the woman would like fade me up real good when I had hair this is many many years ago wow. um, you know what I'm saying yeah. I had a, a woman doctor you know what I mean like I just I love women like I, I I love the fact that my grandmother my mom like women are great to me I love them they did I applaud
0: you. I support Oh, uh, We got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. can, can I? Go ahead, Rob. So, um, the the way I look at it is, I want
3: my wife too. Just for the record, I don't want nobody digging holes no, no crazy right. shit. Okay. Right.
0: Um, like, uh, so to answer your question, I do think that that women are black women are getting the short end of the stick in terms of, um, support, in terms of protection from us. Uh, I think as a black men, um. It's, you know, I'm going to go to KG talking in general terms now. I think as Black men, we have, we have internalized the oppressors' ways so much that we now act out a lot of the oppressors, uh, um, um, a lot of their traits. So we are oppressed, and at the same time, we are oppressors. We're looking to have power, uh, dom- domination, and control over something, so we identify women, and we exert that power over them to the extent that if you, I guarantee you, if we polled all of the women we know, I would be shocked if seventy, at least 70% of them didn't have sexual assault, like literal sexual assault and rape in their background. I think at least 70% of the women we know at least have been assaulted or raped or in, in uncomfortable, which puts them in a position where sometimes when they are in uncomfortable situations, they're not quick to verbalize it, because they had been in an unhealthy or violent, uncomfortable position earlier. That's trauma. You do you, that know with men too. I yeah, mean Yeah, but um when I talk about the men, we're talking about this. Yeah. is. But and I think still over over the the it, it overwhelming majority. I mean, like disproportionately it's gonna be women, you know? Mm-hmm. Gonna, Cause yeah, I mean all of that, I mean so yes, I think we, we act out our oppressors' ways, we end up um minimizing not supporting, not coming to the defense of a lot of our women, unless it's a woman we're trying to kick it with.
1: Mm-hmm. How do you support women you like that? And also, did y'all, I mean, let's be real. I can only speak for me. I can't speak for y'all. A whole lot of my mentality changed when I had my daughter. I understand that that's ignorant and wrong. I totally get that. But the simple fact of the me. matter is that it's true. What's up? i said, say at least you're
3: owning that, your truth like I, I can't took this you know I'm, I'm applauding you for owning your truth and saying like your daughter changed you I, I can't I remember when I was a kid my grandma thought my granddad was cheating on her right and so um, I never saw like my grandparents fight in my life ever it was in the laundry room and she began to cry and I just got so angry i was in high school i got in the car and i just started looking for him riding around trying to find him and i was i don't know what i was going to do i just got in the car and tried to find him and he was at church like he wasn't doing nothing he was at church after my grandma died i confronted him and asked him he, he was in the shower like you know obviously my granddad was like my father figure and i would Take a shower. Like he taught me how to take a shower, how to use the bathroom, all that kind of stuff. So he had just got the shower. He's butt naked. I said, point blank, did you ever cheat on granny? He said, son, I've never cheated on your grandma. And I looked him dead in his eye. I am not shy about confrontation if I think people are doing me wrong. My neighbor, when I lived in Parkville, Maryland, in the hood, he used to beat his woman's I caught the cops on him every time. I'll talk to her. I'll talk to him. Hey, man, you can be doing that shit around me. Now, I ain't go knocking the door,
0: okay, but this is something I have been saying for years. You are exceptional mm-hmm. I think as a crew, we to a certain extent are exceptional, like beyond our experiences, a lot of dudes out there would have turned their back on all of that mm-hmm. all of it and 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 as a result, our women are being. Um, damaged even more because of our inaction
1: how do we change that whole narrative because I mean y'all on the internet and everything you see how it is it is an extremely toxic interaction and I mean the internet is what it is that's a little bit different than like real life but it is somewhat accurate you know what I'm saying where you can't really have a decent conversation with women without there being you know, uh, conflict and acrimony. So how do we change this uh, feeling that some women have? Um, and how do we balance it out? We're like, on one hand, they're like, we want equity and equality. We're just as good. In fact, we're better than in so many different ways. But at the same time, we also want y'all to protect us in these various different ways. And we don't feel like we have to protect you because that's what men do. Men, protect women, not the other way around. How do we change that the interaction, by the way? Oh, like
2: no, that's, no that's, a, that's, a, that's a real genuine question, man. But I mean, I guess there's oh. There's no short answer. Right. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Like, even with, I posed a question a long time ago to some sisters as a poll. I said, is chivalry dead? And a lot of them. No, as a matter of fact, the question was, I said, ladies, do you think chivalry is dead or did y'all kill it? And they stood back and they were like, damn. And I wasn't saying it from a, a, exactly. They gave me that look like that, right? I was like, do you think chivalry is dead or did y'all kill it? Because, you know, sometimes men will come across a lot of sisters. We might be trying to do the just natural, I'll hold the door for you. Oh, I got it. I don't need you to hold it for me. Okay, I got you. I was just being chivalrous. I got you. Or even a simple basic etiquette, like when, you know, you walking with your lady and she walks on the inside of the street or my personal pet peeve. Everybody has probably a pet peeve. Like if I see a lady pull up to the gas station and she's pumping the gas, but there's a dude in the passenger seat, like get your ass up and do that. But little simple things like little simple things like that. I've heard a sister say one time, she said, I've been doing things on my own for so long that being chivalrous and basic etiquette, I forgot about it because I've been doing everything on my own. I hold my own door, pump my own gas. I do everything by myself so that when a man came along and was trying to introduce these things, it was almost like, oh, okay, I need to let you lead. So I don't know, man, I, 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 for lack of a better phrase to me, I think, I don't know if this is the right statement, but I think some men, a lot of men have created damage good with sisters to whereas sisters, are just like, I'm doing this by myself. And it may not be necessarily natural for them, but that's what they've become used to. And like you said, Ron, your statement, we a dying breed. So dudes that are not trying to be chivalrous or show a woman how to be treated, the women are like, okay, I know I deserve better, but I still gotta keep pushing. So then when men like us come along, it's almost like a shock, like, damn, do y'all do this? Does this still exist? Like, let me ask y'all a question. Do you
3: think there's still chivalrous men out there? Or is it dead? Yeah,
0: let's, let's, let's let's put a pin in that for a second. because yeah, I mean. the question John asked, uh, asked uh, you was the only one to answer it. Um, l- let's get some other responses before we go into that because that, I think that was a deep question. Yeah.
3: You want to go Ryan? you want me to take it first?
0: I mean, uh, in terms of what we can do, I don't think it can happen on the internet that, I mean, that revolution will not be televised. (laughs) That's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen Mm -hmm. by way of media, whether it's social or traditional forms of media. That's uh, leaning on what what, what Neil was alluding to. That's about, um, I think, personal interaction between us and women and also us and men. Uh, Letting men know, talking to them about you know ways that we can interact with women that doesn't rob you of your manhood like you still could be the dude you you still could be the man on on the block you still could be cool but you ain't got to call her out her name every five minutes you, you just don't you know you still could be cool but you don't you don't gotta try to convince her to get naked to sleep in your bed like like you don't have to do all of that like or you could read you can read the situation like, let's say you are in a relationship with a woman in, in, Neil's point, and she's used to doing everything on her own. Why are you snapping in the first month? Because she's not letting you do everything. She lived 30 something years doing everything on her own. You think she going to break it in a month and a half? Like stop being a punk. So there's some interaction we got to have with, with, with the sisters to say, these are things that can be done. And there's some interaction that has to be done with the brothers. To be like, hey, we really gotta, we really have to be mindful and intentional about all ways, and then leave leave space for people to make mistakes and, and muck it up because we, no one's gonna be perfect with this. Um, and 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 something that you kind of alluded to, John, you was kind of slick when you threw it out there about them gender roles uh, mm-hmm. and how there could be some confusion with that. Massive. That's relationship to relationship. Y'all determine within your own relationship. What's gonna go on, whether it's a friend relationship or a romantic relationship or or a marriage? That it, there's no book, there's no book, no page, no chapter that you're gonna turn to to tell you how you need to be in a relationship. That's for two adults to determine, and then um, and then govern themselves accordingly after that. This is a, um,
3: I think the first component to your question. That's a good. That's a good response too, Ron. Is really. It starts at home with fathers and their sons. Um, we have to be good stewards and good examples as parents at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I remember, uh, there's plenty of people who have baby mamas. I know a lot of them. Um, and I, I remember, uh, one of the, one of my f- friends was speaking negatively about his kid's mother. I said, dude, that's your that's your kid's mom and don't talk to her. Don't talk about her like that in front of me. I get that you upset and you angry, but you gotta call her the name. And she did and she did some really foul things, a lot of foul things. Um, but at the end of the day, that's the mother of your child. So you gotta honor that. And as a man, in my opinion, you should be big enough to suck that shit up. Because you should... That's the definition of you you're a fucking man, like suck it up. So I think it starts there. The second thing is, I believe that we as as men have to hold other men accountable when we see things that is foul. Now, foul can be defined by you know whomever, but if you see a woman being disrespected, or if you see a woman that feels like her safety's in jeopardy, I think you gotta intervene. I mean, I ain't, you gotta put on a cape or nothing like that, but I, I think in the right way, Um, I remember, I I remember this, this, uh, a story I'll tell. Don't want to tell this story. I don't think I should. (laughs) You might want to think
1: about it.
2: it. it.
3: It's a, it's a a safe story. Um, in college, there was a, a, a woman, she was wasted. I mean, she couldn't, I mean, she was done and I helped her to her room. Now, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. And you know we used to live. Like we was, This is was on campus where we used to live. She said, you can stay in my room. You can sleep in my bed. And I said, don't worry. I'm not going to do nothing to you. I mean, she was done. She was absolutely done. When we woke up the next morning, she said, you really didn't do anything to me. I was like, "Nah. I mean, I just wanted to make sure you was good. That was it. She was so shocked. I was like, damn, like people doing like crazy shit like that to, to people. Like that's, that baffles me, man. It really like, be a person of your word. Like if you say something, just do what the fuck you say you're going to do. I don't understand it. But again, you know, it it is very, um it's very painful as I, to your point, right? As, as I've talked to other women and hear their stories and it's just dudes be doing some messed up stuff man and it creates that opportunity that neil's talking about where I would the guard is up um and it's sometimes very difficult to penetrate that and rightfully so i mean they've seen and experienced things that we haven't and been violated in ways that we could never even imagine so you know i don't i don't want to contribute to that
1: mm-hmm. I mean, I guess uh, I wanted to touch on one thing you said that it starts kind of in the home um, with fathers and their sons, all four of us did not have a stable male figure. Um, that was our father, I guess you could say, you know, from the gate, not to say that we are perfect by any stretch of the imagination, or anything like that. Um, I think that we as individuals are very Um, exemplary in some ways and very average in other ways. We ain't perfect. We've all done stupid things before, so on and so forth. But um, a whole lot has changed in 2020 as compared to, you know, the mid-90s or the early 2000s where you could walk, or I shouldn't say you could, we definitely were able to uh, street holler where you're walking down the street, a woman's walking down the street, hey, what's up, what you doing? Give me your number, okay, well, whatever, then you don't do it. And that is completely unacceptable now, whereas 30 years ago, it was very acceptable. Things change What's unacceptable? The street holler. How is it unacceptable? How is it unacceptable? Yeah. Um, Women do not want to be, she's busy, she's walking down the street. And I think it also depends on your looks jurisdiction. If you kind of a mug, you cannot talk to no random woman on the street. (laughs) She's busy, she's on her phone, she ain't got time for you.
2: Now, the funny thing is that you said that, John, because this past year, well, before the whole COVID and everything popped off, I was doing a healthy relationship class with my high school students. We just had a real conversation, watched a couple of YouTubes or whatever. So I said, all right, we had two scenarios. I said, so, girls, if a young man came up to you, polished, dressed nice, nice and, you know, presentable, Said, excuse me, miss, I'd like to talk to you for a minute. Polite and everything. Would you give him love? They were like, Oh, hell no. He weak, he whack, he a he a bama, he whatever. I said, All right, so if a dude came to you smoking some weed, pants, hip hop, it was like, Yo, bitch, come here, give me your number. They was like, We probably most likely gonna talk to that dude. That right there just shows how shit has changed right now. Because they majority, a majority of them said the same thing. We probably, Mr. Netton. It's just our, this was the exact words. They were like, this is our culture. We would probably more likely talk to the street dude. The polished, nice dude would look weird to us. That right there, I mean, I, in a way I can understand it, but in a way that's mind blowing. You'd rather have somebody who called you out your name, calling you bitch, this, that, and third, say, come here, let me talk to you, rather than a polished
3: dude that said, excuse me, miss, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, that's that's conditioning. You know, that's like, uh, if you do any psychology class, that's conditioning. And if you did that to my daughter at three years old, she would, she would look at you and probably start crying, right? She hasn't been in that that element, that environment for that long period of time. Again, your students, based on what you shared and what I know about them, they come from a very different environment. they've They've been exposed to some, some very crazy things. That is mirrored behavior that they probably seen at home, right? I never saw that growing up. In fact, to your point, I went to Daytona in college with some friends. And I was the dude like, you know, excuse me, how you doing? Like, that was my, I have no game, no talk game whatsoever. And so uh, I remember we, we down there on the, on the strip in Daytona and nobody said a word to me. But everybody, to your point, who was like, what up, bitch, what up? I was like, they was getting all the burn. Now granted, the chicks that was down there was doing the absolute most, and quite frankly, just I was you know kind of experiencing it from a whole new phase, and you know I get it like everybody don't want chivalry, everybody don't want you know uh, a a gentleman some people want somebody that's gonna be a little bit different to them I mean I just just i guess that's what it is I don't really hang around people like that, and so I just you know.
1: The vast majority of women definitely want a gentleman that's chivalrous, regardless of her environment or background or upbringing or whatever, whatever, whatever. It's just that, you know, maybe they hear things a little bit differently. Uh, and again, it matters how you present yourself is very, very important,
0: but whatever. Mm. You got something in your mind, Rob? What you got? Clearly. Nope, no, 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 no. I, I got nothing to add to this. Bam. <laughs>
1: I did want to bring this up, so I don't know, have y'all been paying attention or watching Insecure? No. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to try to wrap, I'm going to try to say this as easily as possible. Deal. So there's a dude, and he is seeing this woman. They break up. Spoiler alert. another woman. Huh? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched spoiler it, spoiler alert. alert. If you have not seen Insecure and you want to see Insecure. Fast forward. <laughs> fast forward, pause it, whatever you got to do. We're about to talk about Insecure. We have so, we have, we'll, have time, about we'll have the time about
0: insecure. We'll have the timestamp in the in 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 the description. So, you know, they can just go to the next topic.
1: Go straight to it because this is this is gonna get some people going. All right, so you are with one woman. I'm gonna call her Issa, for example. You <laughs> with Issa? You break up with Issa. Um, the breakup with Issa was real bad. It was tough for a long period of time because she cheated on. Me right yeah y'all broke up and, you, and first of all y'all were together for a long time then you broke up and it was bad but you built yourself back up you met another woman and you know it was cool y'all was dating for a
3: minute but then you got, got back, back. with isa what's up he built himself up he had like three different girls since that since they broke up at least but but we talking about this one in particular my question is you bro you
1: was with Issa. You went to second chick, she gets pregnant. You did not know that she was pregnant. You get back with Issa. Here's my question. What responsibility do you have to the soon to be mother of your children? Y'all splop, stop talking. It was all good, everything was fine. She came to you and was like, hey, I'm pregnant. Um, I'm that, That's it, I'm about to have the baby. You can be involved as much or as little as you want what is your responsibility to her and what is your responsibility to your the girl that you just got back with isa should you tell her well you know what what
0: would you do wow so <laughs> I, all right I, I i think i've been it's doing a, i've been doing a little facebook back and forth and with a bunch of uh uh uh, uh old school howard folk that i know in 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 the sisters have been on this uh a gondola is is wrong. <laughs> she is wrong. That's that's what the sisters are saying. In my opinion, I I think she is not wrong for her to pop up and be like I'm pregnant because she ain't get pregnant by herself. Right. I mean, yeah she could have done, you know, uh some permanent birth control to ensure that she didn't have any kids. Yeah, but still the two of them had to do what they did in order for the child to get married. Me to mm-hmm. me. So, so so that's a group thing. Now, my other pieces, I got an issue with Lawrence because Lawrence was avoiding her. Like, she was blowing the phone up, calling him, texting him. Yeah, 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 I'm going to come out later. But he stayed at the crib and sleep with Issa. He don't even go out later. So mm-hmm. he never really talked to her. And then there was a point in time where he said to Issa, oh, yeah, yeah, we spoke. I think he straight lied. You know, he ghosted her. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to talk? So I think Shorty just showed up at the crib like, hey, you need to know I'm pregnant. Now you do what you want with that. But this is where I sit. And my concern, my issue is that all the shorties online, or, you know, uh Team Issa and Gondola's wrong. You know what I think? I think that Issa, she cheated on Lawrence. Lawrence was in a vulnerable place cuz you know his 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 job wasn't working out, his money wasn't working out. He was in a he was hurting, he was in pain. It's the truth. If she <laughs> stepped out and now, now he got himself together. She didn't want to see the sausage being made. Now all of a sudden she wants some kielbasa. I don't like that. I don't like that. So I, I think he should have just been like, "Hey, this is the situation. I'm pregnant. You acting? You because now East is all in her feelings. You, you, you overreacting. I'm here now. I'll handle that situation, whatever that's going to be, and then leave it at that. But I don't think Gondola was wrong. Everyone's like, oh condola was wrong condola whatever her name is was wrong i don't think she was wrong she was just okay. pregnant let me just ask a question because you know
2: out of all of us i am the only one that's not an insecure fan has never seen it will never see it don't care hmm. to but based on your scenario let me just say if i've heard it right a dude was together with a chick for a while a while. Right. they broke up yes for a long while
0: yes but yeah. then
2: he went out with to, like Kelcher was saying, he dated two other three chicks, but he had a real fling with this one main chick. No, not, mm-hmm. not, he wasn't a player. He wasn't a player. Everybody was by mm-hmm. themselves. But the main chick that he got pregnant with, that's the one he was catching feelings for? Kind of.
0: Yeah, let's he, just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was, he was catching feelings because the reason why they broke up was because she didn't want to be married again and have kids. And, and have kids. She again. said that
1: he was a fling and something to do. She whoa, whoa, whoa. Say, Did she, she really say that? No, she didn't say something was, like he good. was. It wasn't serious. No, okay. They had a whole little talk about it. Okay, he since said,
2: y'all saw it, but when they were kicking it, their relationship was real. Yes. yes. Okay.
3: Yes. Did they plan to be together for a while? No, I wouldn't say yes or no to that. It was. No. It was. It wasn't defined it was in the be beginning yourself. stages. Let's say that they had
1: only been talking for like three, four
2: months. So she the whole the whole idea and possibility of a baby coming into it. That's
3: not a surprising fact. They knew what they doing.
1: No, that's it. no, a big surprise. It's a massive surprise.
3: She got divorced because she was divorced. Right. Found that out kind of on the sly, and um, she said she divorced because she didn't want kids.
2: That she didn't want kids.
3: Yeah. Okay. So yeah. why did they break up? So. Because she
2: wanted
1: kids in the family. No, no, no. Why nah. did why did why did the dude that's dating Issa and her break up? Why did Issa, and his name is Lawrence, why did Issa and Lawrence break up? No, why did Lawrence and this new chick that has his baby break up? Because, in my opinion, she was like, he wanted, I won't say something serious, but he was like, I'm a kind of, you know, I want a a girlfriend and wife and all the other good stuff. And she was like, eh, I'm not quite serious like that. I'm just kind of dipping my toe out here. I'm just seeing what it's like.
0: That's not what I got from it. I didn't get I'm dipping my toe out. It's, I like what we have. It is what it is. I'm not really trying to, to to, to to be uber serious right now, but it's not Thank that you. I'm just dipping my toe in it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, oh, okay,
2: like, so she she liked what they got. She didn't really want no long marriage. And, she, and, okay, and she has just got divorced.
0: And, and on top of that, let's not forget, she was also working with Issa.
1: Yeah, they was her and Issa was like acquaintances. Okay, so he wanted more than
2: what
3: she was willing. So then he broke up with her, got back with Issa. You don't know that. You don't got know that. Back. Now he he kind of slow creeped on her on the low. Like he started, you know, kind of talking to Issa behind her back a little bit. Like, but he was, it was, it was kind of on some don't talk Ooh. to Condola about like Condola and her had conversations about Lawrence and he was kind of uncomfortable with that. And then he saw her in her element like doing her thing. It was like, you know, oh, okay. She saw him in his element doing this thing. And She was like, oh, okay. So they both had glowed up a little bit. And um but the point being she the, the the other chick other than issa didn't want a baby initially.
2: She didn't want what
1: well, we can gather, yes.
2: Ooh. But people change their minds I all could, the time. I don't know, right. I could see how, how, how your your Facebook followers could say she kind of foul. You ain't want no baby at first. Nobody knows you that. You ain't well, based on what people were saying. Seemed like you ain't want no baby at first, you ain't want no real relationship
1: at first, and because he debted you and went back with her, it's like Yo, I and got I a even, baby. All she's trying to tell him, all she was told him, really was like, "Yo, I'm pregnant. You can be involved as much or as little as you want. I'm just letting you know." And then that was it.
0: She wasn't. Oh, saying, I so want she ain't really tripping to another.
1: be involved enough.
0: No. Now the ladies oh. that the, the ladies that I, I connected with online, they're like, "That's a manipulative tactic. She's gonna try to reel him back in." But I, I'll just take her for her word, mm. at and I'm gonna be honest. I do not recall. Her saying that she didn't want kids, and that's what kind of miffed Lawrence. From from what I recall, is I don't want to be in a marriage again. I'm not looking for another husband. Now so I don't remember. She may, they may have said something about kids. I don't remember that. So the final question would be: How is this dude really
2: built? Is he the type of dude that would probably want to be in his child's life, or he's like deuces?
1: That's on you. You guys are waiting to be the question. Man, answer the question. <laughs> you really need to see the series. I mean, basically. He seems like the type of dude that he, oh, this is also another wrinkle in it. He's about to get a job that's in a whole nother city. So he's about to move from the city that they all in and go to a whole nother city. And while all this has happened, he got back with his ex and he found out that he's expecting that this other woman that he was dealing with is expecting his child. So now he's like, okay, what do I do? My question is, he went and immediately told Issa. And he also, I'm wondering if he told the girl, the other girl's name, Condola. Condola. I wonder if he told Condola that actually I'm now reinvolved with Issa. I don't know. I could see him telling Issa about Condola. I don't think I would tell Condola about Issa.
0: I don't think he did. I don't think he did. My, my and my thing is, I think I think Condola's the only one who's acting rational here. I think Issa is way overreacting. I think Lawrence is way overreacting. And I think Condola's the How only so? one Women, women, how are they overreacting? This is, is why. why. Come on. Go ahead, Ra, finish your statement. <laughs> this is <laughs> why I think that, that they're overreacting. They are acting like they have some great love story. People are watching it like they have some great love story that Con, Condola has just messed up. Uh-huh. All we have is a season one of them smashing and then going through issues and then her cheating and then and then them breaking up. That's year five though. Season one that we saw was year five of their relationship. And then they've been broken up since season one. So what's the need for all of this energy and emotion behind it? They don't really got nothing.
1: What is wrong? See, Rod, you you kind of a, a cold dude because <laughs> that don't even make sense. Now, that makes sense it, for me.
0: They're said- both overreacting. They. Just, you listen, you, you're not trying to use the baby to get back in a relationship with me? All right, cool. But he did, she didn't say I'm, that. No, that's what she's saying. I'm letting you know, I'm gonna have the child. You can be in the child's life as much as you want. Mm-hmm. But that's telling me you're not trying to use the child to trap me in a relationship. That's what right. you're, you're not doing. that. So let me be a daddy and I'm gonna have my relationship over here, blended family. That's not how the, that's not how reality works, but okay. If Jaden can do it, it's it's doable.
3: All right. So, what's the question again? The question is:
1: Would you have told Issa about Condola, and would you have told Condola about Issa? Yes, for both.
3: You would have told each other about each other. Yeah, that wasn't your original question. You just said the. You just changed the that question. That was my. That was my question. Nah. So. Yeah, why not? I mean, he's in a relationship with Issa, so he, he owes her the truth if that's what he wants to do. Listen, I, I think the only person overreacting in this whole thing is Issa because literally in you know, the whole reaction was acting like you know he he did this intentionally. They were broken up. It it happened. He went meet to meat and he bust in it and that's just he created a baby and that's that's what it is. Now all oh, y'all talk about the meet to meat thing a lot, so <laughs> Notice you brought Dude, it up. I don't to know about probably. that life. You got two kids, so be quiet. <laughs> and uh, you might have some more out there that we don't know about. You... <laughs> <laughs> all <laughs> this to <is> a... say. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, I'm you... not finished yet. I'm not finished. Yeah. Not so I think that Lawrence is the one who really should be despondent like man oh my god because to your point his life was kind of going into a direction where he felt kind of comfortable he had been through a lot he was hurt you know he was feeling like he wasn't a man and then he got a job and he started feeling himself he got a nice little apartment I mean, he was doing he was in his in his growth area um and he you know Issa was the one he always wanted to be with anyway at least based on looking at the first season I mean, you look like I don't know why, but, you know, you devil's his chick. You've been it for a long time. And wow. uh, to see her kind of blossom into what she has, I get it. And so um, I think Condola, she's just kind of, I feel bad for her. I think she did the right thing by telling him. I mean, you don't want to have a, a kid out there and not know about it. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't, only person I look at with the side eye is really Issa. And I look at Tiffany. Y'all haven't even about her yet, but I think she has somebody in that room, by the way. Well, see, let
1: let me ask y'all this. So let's reverse the genders. Let's say that you got back with a woman and she was pregnant by somebody else. But she got back, y'all, she got back together. Y'all had broken up, but now y'all got back together. She got pregnant by this other dude and she's just gonna have a baby with him. You know what I'm saying? What's the big deal? Y'all can still, you know, have your little thing, whatever. She's gonna have a baby with this other dude. Does that, does that work? No, it does not. So, anyway, I'm, I'm glad that we can underline the double standard because I'll be damned. You better not come back over here, work that out over there, figure it all
3: out, and then come talk to me. Right, I but feel I, like I, this, I, yeah. If you, if you are adult, if you are an adult, because I'm I'm using this as an example, not necessarily true, but Gabriel Union and Dwayne Wade, happened right, right. This plenty of countless others that we don't know about where this exact same scenario occurred, it's uncomfortable. I'm not sitting up here saying that, you know, it would be easy, but I I would imagine if you're with the woman and she's pregnant by somebody else, I mean, is it doable? Yeah. Would anybody probably sign up and be like, I want to volunteer to go through that. Probably not, but it's doable. If you talk through it and you know, it'd be some, some, some tough days some tough nights. I'm not volunteering for it, but, you know, I'm sure that there's plenty of people out there that would be like, you know what, i I'm, it's cool with me. Uh, yeah, this is true. I mean, I've seen a whole lot
1: of people like, you know, what if Issa stays? Issa might decide to stay. I don't think Issa should stay. You know, this is a it's a t- sad situation. Sometimes love is not enough. I mean, it's great that they have these great feelings for each other, but unfortunately, there's a situation that Lawrence is in now, and they got to kind of figure that out. And I think Issa should step back that Lawrence go figure out what's going on, how it's gonna all work. And then once that is settled and straight, if they can still get back together, then great. But if not, then that's just the way it is. Sometimes things don't work
3: like you want them to.
0: East is a hot mess. I wouldn't even do it. Mm.
3: Do y'all so so <clears throat> you gotta bring up Tiffany and the her postpartum on um, depression?
0: I was just upset with that writing um throughout the Fresh. entire season. Like it, it was breadcrumbing the whole postpartum depression, which is a real issue, but they breadcrumbed it. They didn't give it no real, no real depth. And then all of a sudden your season finale, you want to spend the entire episode looking for her. I just thought that was writing-wise, I just thought that was
3: stupid. Actually, I I I I really enjoyed it because I mean we only I only know one person from afar that had postpartum depression. that that publicized it and said, hey, I have postpartum depression. And kind of has, has kind of done re- research and it, it became kind of prominent. Right. So I like the fact that they didn't they didn't tackle it full on because most people don't know what it looks like. I said it from the beginning when she was like, I don't want to go back home. I want to stay, hang out with the concert. Um, her behavior was just, in my opinion, different from what I've seen from like new mothers. Right. She definitely is depressed. Like, It's very clear. And I like the fact that they had them looking for her. Um, It brought the, it made the story for Molly and Lisa a little bit more palatable for their reconciliation, at least that journey, at least. And then I think it's gonna be interesting to find out. I thought she was in the hotel room with somebody. I still do. I think she's in the room with somebody. She got a hookup. They got a room and they was doing they might have been meet so your scenario we will find out very shortly if they went meet to meet what what happens with that Damn. so um you know she came with the towel the cool. door she didn't open the door all the way it wasn't like come on in it's like i'm gonna meet you at this door i'm shocked that you found me i'm gonna give you a hug and in season I'm like that's mm,
0: no, yeah. I, I just that was the bulk of the season finale that's my only issue with it i think no that's not my only issue i think they could have given it more depth throughout the season the episode before the season finale i think that would have been perfect and then the season finale should have been all about this new love triangle we got i think that should like we didn't even touch on that until the last what five to seven minutes of the episode right right I just thought that was, I thought that was lazy writing. That's all. Like you could have gave the season, the the episode before you could have made that all about Tiffany and her her postpartum depression and you could have really like gone deep, them running all over the city, all that good stuff. And then that last episode for the season unpack, when did Condola come over to the crib? I don't want a flashback. Let me see it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, did she, but you
3: also didn't get to was, um, well, you got Molly and her breakup with old boy. Like, that was a pretty interesting breakup. He was he was actually the only person that I think was honest. Yeah. The entire show.
0: Yeah, yeah. I liked him. I liked him. I was like, yeah, you, you, yeah. you should be with no damn Molly. Mo- no. no. No, 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 no.
1: He was whack, too, to me. I mean, I'm confused uh, as far as Tiffany goes. She was like, she wrote her man a letter. She was like, listen, I'm overwhelmed. I'm tired. I need a break. I'll be back. Boom, that's it. He immediately lost his mind and started calling all her friends and calling the law and calling hotels and what she said she'll be back. Give her ass a day. What's the problem? If she don't show, if she disappears on a Friday and you ain't heard from her by Sunday, that's a little bit different. But it was like she wrote the letter on Friday. By Saturday morning, he's losing his mind, he can't find her, he don't know what's going on. Sit your ass down. Damn, she said she would be back. Now you did interrupted her little uh, affair. She over here getting the meet-to-meat treatment in the damn uh, hotel. And now you brought all her girlfriends over here? Man, I want a divorce. <laughs> Can't even cheat in peace on, in damn Hollywood. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> but,
3: you know, gentlemen, I mean. Do we have any I questions? It's you? very interesting. What's up? Any scenarios, Ryan, Any blowback from your scenario? No, I
0: haven't got. I haven't gotten anything. I, I, I haven't gotten any. Um, no one wants any advice this week. So maybe I'll get some. Maybe someone will or, 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 um, DM me or hit me up, um, and we'll have something for next week. Yes,
2: you
1: Lord. No, know, it is what it is, man. Sometimes um, people need a little assistance with how to live their life. That's what we're here for. You know what I'm saying? Seriously
3: but i, I mean uh, a, little, a little poll oh. I, got, I got some responses in the poll but it wasn't anything like super super crucial oh um, a poll i said i put a poll on ig for like oh these people want to talk about oh okay and uh i got some pretty interesting responses to the poll um i think i sent that to y'all too but just uh Weird, not weird, weird questions but mm-hmm. you know it's uh let me find y'all um, uh, yeah so, so somebody asked, asked a crazy question about roll to the altar um not crazy i know who it is actually so the role to the altar from a man's perspective yes yeah, how to get married
1: uh <laughs> y'all get on my nerves boy <laughs> <laughs> women and they desire to get married. Jesus Christ!
2: Whoa, uh, oh, whoa, oh, oh, it ain't only women.
3: Yeah, you we, we kind of talked about this one about the degree to which males hold their friends, their male friends, accountable. And then there was another one about, you know, do brothers? Why don't brothers help out sisters in their businesses and their business
0: endeavors? Well, let's let's roll that into uh, the, the 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 next conversation. then.
1: I'm with it. I'm with it. um, As far as marriage goes. Classically trained. Right. (laughs) And making imaginary players and giving them all 99s. (laughs) Yes. Say it again, John.
3: Classically trained. Yes.
1: Well, again, people, this is the Straight No Chaser podcast. Like, share, subscribe. Also, I forgot. I'm going to save that one for the next one. We are on Spotify, iTunes. What's the What's the Tinker? I was about to say something about the Green Party, and I'll I'll do that next week.
2: Okay, good. Thank you.
1: I'll do that next week.
2: <laughs> all right. So we where can like, they right, find us at?
1: Y'all? What's up? Where can they find us at? Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, Anchor. Where else? I mean, what what else? What else needs to be said? Facebook, Instagram. We all oh, over the place. There you go. Everywhere. Straight no chaser podcast. Look us up, share it, like it, all of the above. On that note, I mean, uh, do y'all have like a final word? Something you want to say? That's it.
3: Good night. Peace out. Yeah, it. Do, it. <laughs> peace. <laughs> do it for you. Recycle. <laughs>
1: there
3: you go. And on that note, we gonna say peace out, God bless, and good night. <laughs>
0: Straight. No chaser.